0: Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me, as always, is my good friend, Ethan Carter. Howdy. Hey, what's up, Vincent? How you doing, man? Oh, my God. I did something really funny last night. Last night. Yeah. So I'm laying in bed. I'm laying in bed, and you know what normal people, normal married couples do is they lay in bed, and they, you know, sweet-talk each other, and they do whatever, but not me. (laughs) I went back, and I opened up our old episodes of the podcast. Yeah. So I did a couple of fun ones, and if you guys want to play along, it's real easy to do. The feed has all the episodes in it. So I went back to episode one, and I re-listened to the horrific version of the (laughs) intro that I did, and it was just, it's awful. I realized it took me till episode five, which was the, episode five was Kim and Garrett. Oh, yeah, Um, okay. That was the first time I used the intro that's currently being used on this podcast um as the intro and i was reading it back then and i could tell i was reading it it was just really it's really just awful it's awful i can't believe how bad it sounded but here's the funny thing so you know how we always talk about how after episode 11 i apparently told you that maybe one day you were going to come back as the co-host yeah yeah. i swear to you i do not remember saying it i I honestly could tell you i don't remember saying it so finally last night i was like I got to hear where I actually said this. <laughs> so I went to I went back to episode 11 and I went all the way to like 1 hour and 21 minutes or whatever it was and I hit play. And the last thing I said at the end of the show was who knows maybe one day you'll come back as a, I hope to have I said something like I hope to have you on as a guest again. I said who knows maybe one day you'll come on as a co-host. <laughs> and that was it. That was the
1: end of the episode. Well, and, and I, I didn't was, and like I've said before, I didn't think anything of it at that time. Like, I, I kind of forgot about it, too, until the next day, yeah.
0: Dude, it was so funny just That's so funny. Because Beth knew it. She even said, yeah. she, goes, oh, I she remember. said, you said it. She told me a million times. She's like, yeah, you even said you were going to have money. I'm like, I don't remember saying this. Like, <laughs> I must have, I must have said this. this. is the first time I've actually heard myself say it. And the reason I went back and started looking, there's a, I'm bringing this full circle. This is, in, in the biz, we call this bringing this full circle. <laughs> I'm bringing this full circle by saying that we are almost at, um, the one year mark for this podcast. That's right. Wow. And That's it's like crazy. This podcast has existed
1: for a year. So Oh my gosh. I, I totally would not have thought that until you yeah. said that. Yeah. So yeah.
0: May eighth was episode zero, which wow. was technically the first episode. And May fifteenth was episode one with our friend David Swidock. So wow. I, I was I was just feeling nostalgic last night. Yeah. So I went back and I was like, oh, I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen. I just want to listen to those key pivotal moments in the uh, history of the show. So, <laughs> Well, it's funny. I just remember the, the next
1: day when you texted me like, you know, I'm not positive yet, but like, would you be interested at all? I just remember that instant feeling of like my palms sweating and being like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, no, it, was, it was great. I, I remember being nervous, but also excited from the very moment you even put out the opportunity. But also I remember also being really cautious about not wanting to come in and, and, you know, step on something that you had
0: created. So, well, but. here's what's, here's, what's really funny. So I did listen to a few minutes of that episode, the episode you were on. And I, if you, okay. If I just took that episode, this is the really funny part, right? If I took that episode and just dropped it in the feed and yeah. didn't say anything, didn't, you would have no context. You would think it was just an Ethan and Vinny episode without a guest. Yeah. Yeah. It was no, remember, it's I, yeah. amazing how the chemistry was just there on the very first
1: episode. I was like, yep, we nailed that one. yeah, I remember the next you know the next morning uh, patina asked me because she knew like I was super nervous about it because I've never had never done anything like this. Um, and she asked me how it was. And I said it was so easy. I mean, it was like <laughs> I've never, I've never had an easier conversation or a more fun uh, conversation. So yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was kind of just seamless from the start.
0: It was a great, it was a great trip. And I, I you know, I don't know how how much of a super fan anyone listening to the show is, but if you have a minute, if you do have a minute, it would be, it would behoove you, especially if you're new to the show, to go back and listen to episode eleven. Just, even if you don't go back to episode one, which I wouldn't recommend anyone go back beyond, (laughs) it was just really not great. I mean, the episode was good, but it just sounded weird. I didn't quite have my legs under me. It was, you know, and it was just me. Ethan came along in episode 11, but you really should go back and listen to episode 11. That's, that's the one. That's the one that Ethan and I, I mean, we had never spoken no,
1: right. We and we barely even interacted back and forth. I mean, no, we th- were, I think
0: we were yeah. literally our interaction was, hey, that thing you made, that glasses holder you made for your yeah. mom with the copper washer, that's really cool. I'm stealing that idea. Yep. That was our interact. that was the extent of our interaction, up until I said, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And I was like, Why would you want to have me on your podcast? <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> Who? Yeah, and, that's crazy. I, I should go back and listen myself. I'm although I'm sure I'll be cringe, you know, cringe at the amount of times I'm, I said, This is gonna sound cheesy, but
0: it's <laughs> no mentions of Johnny Builds, no yeah, mentions exactly. of Bruce. It's but I did mention at the beginning of that episode that um I found you through Bruce. Yes. which was kind of funny. Hey, so Bruce, Bruce, shout out. There we go. Bruce is like, Bruce is like, um, Topol. He's a matchmaker.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, he, 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 he really is though. I mean, he's, he's introduced me to so many people I had not did not well, know about beforehand. And every one of them is a solid follower solid person. Just it's, everything.
0: It's interesting because this, that, that's a good segue into our guest because mm-hmm. I realized, I realized yesterday, um, Based on something that our guest has been doing over the last couple of weeks, how many people that follow me are connected to him? Yeah. I always joke about how many people are connected to you and how I had no one following me until I started talking with you on this (laughs) podcast, and all of a sudden, like, my Instagram account started growing. But I also realized that a lot of people know our guest. And yes. I know we've talked for a while, and we don't usually talk. Yeah, sorry. Sorry guest. Just, sorry, yes. sorry, guest. Sorry, <laughs> guest. But, um, you know, I mean, Ethan already gave away who our guest was anyway in his... <laughs>
2: well, no, but I, I didn't. I, Accidentally. I, I, I,
0: you I started mean, I, to.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. started
0: to. And it was like, oh, God, is he going to slip? Nope, he didn't. Handled it like a pro. <laughs> so this week we have um, a good friend of both of ours yes. who's been... Um, and the reason I wanted, one of the reasons I wanted to have him on is because he's done so much for our community mm-hmm. in the last couple of weeks, you know, in the midst of all this craziness and trying to keep people together and bring people together. And his weekly hangouts have become one of my favorite things, one of the things I enjoy. I look forward to it. On, mm-hmm. I was, I'm not going to lie. When I heard it, and I was like, Saturday morning? Oh, man, I'm going to do some of my Saturday morning. And I went in the first one, I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Yeah. Like, when are we doing the next one? Um, our guest this week is the amazing Morley Kurt from Yell ROM blog. Morley, welcome
2: aboard. Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: That's probably the longest we've ever. Talked.
1: I know. again. I'm looking at the time. It's sub, we're seven and a half minutes in, and uh, that was
0: rude. But uh, but welcome. Yeah, slightly, rude, <laughs>
2: slightly rude. Slightly
0: rude. Sorry, no you had to go down that nostalgia highway with us. <laughs>
2: hey, it was my pleasure. <laughs>
0: so, so we had a couple of weeks ago. We had Morley Palooza. Yes. And it was like we have to have Morley on at some point. And then Morley just goes, "Yeah, I'm going to show you even more what I'm capable of." So. You started doing these makers on Zoom having coffee, which, by the way, great name. Great name, yeah. Um, oh, thank you.
2: No one's was, really commented on it. I'm kind I of know, I, It's I surprising,
0: it's, right? Because <laughs> they're not. There might not be Seinfeld fans, so they may not get the reference, which is probably why they don't think it's you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, you are. You did. You. I love the idea of having everybody just get together and talk as makers and just hang out, and drink coffee, and the conversations are always good it's like 2 hours of just a bunch of people just hanging out and all different skills and all different areas of expertise and it, where did where did you come up with the idea to do these was this i mean i know there were other people doing it but you just seem to have done it in a way that was attractive to people because you have the same people coming back week after week
2: so full disclosure i mean the idea definitely came from nick nick vespa and ethan's um, uh, maker Happy hour I think you guys called it, yeah, yep, so I saw that in Ethan's story, and I was like, oh, that sounds super fun I, lo- I want to hang out, chat with people um and I had talked with Ethan before, like um I want to go to these maker events just mm-hmm. to like hang out with people and talk and like like workshops seem awesome, but like this is an amazing community and I just want to have like these conversations. so it was like a no brainer for me to um to participate in that and then I think the following week maybe Nick had mentioned in uh in the Hangout, um, we might do this like reoccurring. So I, I texted him. I was like, hey, Nick, like any any thoughts of like doing this next week? Um, and I think as I was texting him, I was thinking, I was like, oh, well, I guess I could just like host right. a Hangout. And the gears like immediately started turning, right? <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, make, he ha- make her happy hour. Maybe we'll do something with coffee in the morning, a little more, a little more brunch, a little smooth jazz sort of vibe. Um,
0: <laughs> Gotta have the smooth jazz. I love yeah. it.
2: Did have some smooth jaws playing the, uh, the first episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was like super excited with the reception it got. Um, it seemed like a lot of people like really wanted something like that. Um, so I'm really happy that we've had a really solid crew coming back every week.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. See, well, first of all, I mean, morally you're, you're one of the kind of the people that I feel embodies this community in terms of interaction. So you're not just putting things out there and collecting likes you're, you're interacting with people and you know people and I love that so so it made perfect sense when you when you were you know kind of said you're gonna try to host one of these because I think you're the perfect example of someone that can can do that with this community you've got that kind of interaction and um, whatever that that works really well for that so uh, but also heads up. I mean I think you've done a great job of hosting those um, and and they've been really really fun I, I missed the second one right we've had you've had three
0: mm-hmm yeah yes, so I missed the I second so.
1: one um, but I was on the first one and, and this week this past weekend and it's, it is it's so much fun and it's one of the things I was thinking about this as I saw so many of the same people come on and I love when there's like these little pockets of of people on Instagram or in social media that they, they go beyond the the commenting on each other's posts they become a little kind of community in themselves this little group and and you've definitely created that even. Three weeks in, you know, those, the same people are there almost every week. And, but yet at the same time, there's also people that are coming in that I, I met someone new, you know, a couple of new people this week that I didn't meet the first week. So I think it's really cool when that happens and you create this uh, micro community within the bigger community.
2: Yeah. I, I, again, like I'm just really happy with how it's kind of like organically um, turned into that. And I, I've tried to every week to put out saying like, hey, like anyone's welcome. Please feel free to come. Um, and it is nice that, like, it's a pretty good balance of, like, you have that classic Brady Bunch three-by-three group, <laughs> and then maybe, like, one or two of those people are new faces. Yeah. So you don't have to do, like, a whole, like, new intro- introduction each week. Um, the conversation just kind of naturally flows to accept those new faces, which is which is awesome. And the,
1: and the other thing I like, too, is that there, there are people that come on that really don't talk much and, I, and, and, I, and I, I like it I, I, I'm happy that they come because they come and they just hang out and it's it's nice that they feel comfortable enough to just come and hang out and not feel like they have to contribute quote unquote contribute. Um, I think it's it's fu- it's fun that that is acceptable you know and and no one questions it you know.
0: Well, that's how. If you think about it, that's how. That's how a normal conversation works, right? If you're in a large enough group right. of like ten people, you're going to have people that are just going to be like, "I'm just observing all sides of this conversation because it's interesting to watch." You have people that are going to be like, "I want to be in the conversation." You have people that I that want to control the conversation. You have people that it, it. What's amazing to me is not only the conversations that we have on those chats. But the fact that I've had conversations with so many people outside of mm-hmm. the chats. Right. Now, remember, you know, I don't know how many, you know, I'm not good. I can't speak for Ethan, but I'm not going to lie. I didn't know most of these people. Like, I knew you. I knew Ethan and, I th- and Andy. That's mm-hmm. literally the extent of the people that I knew in, on these chats. It was probably and, one of the, the, the least
1: uh, of these types of things that I've done. It, I probably knew the least out of this group. Yeah, to, and when, now when we started, I
0: started. Yeah, and now I feel like I know all these guys, and I and you know I I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with like Christy, like mm-hmm. I mean, just her and I just have conversations mm-hmm. just randomly all the time about what she's working on, whatever, and it's just and Gary and I have conversations. Yep, Gary, and yeah, oh, that's, that's I see, awesome. And I see people popping up and my watching my stories and commenting on my stuff, and but that's know, what I, I mean. You build these like this that that micro community is is
1: so awesome when you can, when you can organically create it, you know.
2: Yeah. And I I don't feel like I've been in this community for very long. And actually for me, this is kind of my first experience having Ethan, what you mentioned like that, that microcosm of community, um, through like the maker community. So it's, it's really nice. That's awesome. It's it's great. So you, you
0: do, you do mostly leather work, which means, you know, I'm the, I'm the odd man out in this episode. (laughs) And I fully understand that. And I'm willing to accept that. Um, what amazes me is the amount of stuff you're able to produce in essentially right. a corner of your apartment well and even and i mean even the uh, the
1: non leatherworking working stuff also yeah. within that like, small space it's amazing. like the mic
0: stand that you're using <laughs> for this very episode <laughs> right oh yeah it's, it's a, your use of space mm-hmm. i mean it's pretty impressive so why don't you give us a little bit of um a little bit of the morley bio so we kind of get an idea of you know what you're about and your origin story and all that fun stuff.
2: Yeah, for sure. So let me trace my steps back. Um, So I think my first real exposure to the maker community, um, I went to McGill University. I was studying civil engineering there. And um, I think my first semester of finals, somehow I discovered Matthias Wandel on YouTube. Um, Mm. I saw a few of his videos and I just got like fully sucked in it was like my little reward for like studying enough for a, a statics or a thermodynamics exam. I'd, uh, I'd watch some Matthias Wendell videos. Um, and kind of like as university went on, I just was gradually exposed to more and more of the maker community. Um, I started listening to making it. I think I actually found Jimmy DeResta because I was reading Nick Offerman's book, which the name always <laughs> escapes me. Wow! Uh, it's not paddle your own canoe. It's the. Um, I'll look for, is, I'll look is, for it. Is, all right, all right. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's paddle your own canoe. One man's fundamentals for delicious living.
2: Liver, living, not it's not that one though. It's 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 his other book. Oh, okay. Sorry, I, I just I, I set I set you up for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess I'd fast forward a little bit to the second summer of school. I was working. Uh, I was doing a research position. I was doing actually earthquake research um, on the island of Montreal, uh, which you wouldn't expect very high earthquake that risk there. Um, really? Yeah, because it's they have a large history of earthquakes way back in the day. Oh. Um, very poor soils for it, and since it's not like on the west coast, people don't necessarily prepare for earthquakes. Um, as stringently as they right, the, the
1: building isn't constructed the same way. Exactly.
2: You, you have the possibility of a perfect storm. Gotcha. Um, oh, it's good, clean, fun. Is that it? Yes. Good, clean, yeah, fun. Okay. Sorry. Fantastic book. Would definitely recommend. Um, and I just, I had a good amount of time. I was living in Montreal in the summer. Um, you have a bit of that European kind of style work there where, um, you know, like people, people take their, their time off and they, they don't work. 60 hours a week. Right. Um, and I, I had this idea for a blog. I had uh, ideas for some articles I wanted to write. Um, just about some like thoughts I had rolling through my head. And at this point, it had never really crossed into the maker side of things per se. Um, my early articles were the early blog posts were very like non maker related. And then as the kind of summer went into fall, I started Having ideas for some projects out of my apartment, you know, studying engineering, I started feeling like I had some tools to build projects. Um, I'd always kind of like tinkered and and built janky skateboard jumps and <laughs> stuff out of hot glue, and but never had really rigorously done many woodworking projects. Um, and I decided to film one. I made a. A knife out of a saw blade for my girlfriend And I was like all right perfect opportunity to launch my YouTube channel um, and was quite an arduous experience uh, <laughs> I'm sure you guys know editing your first video uh, yeah oh uh, yeah not the easiest thing in the world but somehow I came out of it and was like yes I want to do more of that bad experience <laughs> <laughs> and awesome. yeah then I like I don't know. It's difficult to trace the, the full storyline in, in retrospect, but essentially I just start, I, I was kind of bit by like the projects bug. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was living in uh, a four person apartment in Montreal. Oh my so I was, I was building everything kind of like in my bedroom on my balcony. I ended up actually building a loft bed so that I had more room in my bedroom to do projects. So kind of right from the start, I was working in a very small space. Um, and that was the constraint I had to work within. So it's, it's something that's come very naturally for me.
1: That, that reminds uh, me of Vincent of like uh Brandy building her work, uh, the workshop before they built the house. Yeah. Yeah. So I <laughs> built a loft bed so that I could work underneath it.
2: <laughs> exactly. And I don't know if I would have, would have known that was the reason then, but look in hindsight, like that was definitely the reason.
0: <laughs> and um, that's, that's the kind of project. That's the kind of project that like, I would, I don't even know that I'd be comfortable like building a loft bed now. Like I don't, I, I, that's just seems like something where so much could go wrong. Like I'd, I'd be terrified to do my first big piece of like really important structural work and to, to do it early just so you could do more projects. Like, wow, that takes, that takes <laughs> a pair, man. That takes so if a you pair. ever, if
2: you ever, if you ever bitten by the bug and you want to loft your bed, um, I use plans from a company called OP loft beds. Hmm. Um, the OP actually stands for orgy proof. Like you could, oh my. you could have a lot of people in this loft bed and, uh, it will stand up to it. It's, it was, it's very sturdy. I was actually originally going to do a, like a Laura comp style design where she, she, uh, screwed hers into studs on the wall. Oh yeah. And, yeah. um, but I don't know, like as soon as I kind of started thinking of screwing into the wall in my rented apartment, not the best thing to do.
0: Yeah. Um, they don't, they don't like that. They kind don't of like stuff. that. Yeah. They don't love that. They don't. <laughs>
2: The leatherworking actually came about because the following summer I was living at my parents' house um, and I had an internship and I I didn't have, like, all my tools with me. Like, obviously, I had access to my dad's workshop, but they weren't my tools, so I didn't really feel motivated to make in the same way. Mm -hmm. And leatherworking had kind of been on my radar for a while and it, it really seemed like, you know, what it was actually was that a friend had asked me, he was like, hey, like, I kind of, like, want to start making some stuff do you have any recommendations for something I could pick up? And I said, you know, I've heard leatherworking is really great for like, if you just have a desk or something in a small space. And I took a step back and was like, you know, I should really start taking my own advice.
0: <laughs> so I I'm went giving to really good advice to everyone but myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right.
2: So I, I got a project idea. I went to Tandy, got a starter kit and was immediately bitten by the bug. I was like, this is awesome. This is such a cool craft and is perfect for what I'm doing right now. Um, and I think once I, once I was really motivated to do a lot of leatherworking projects, that's when I really kind of got deeper into using yell blog as a medium for sharing projects and kind of um, making videos about making stuff to a larger extent.
0: It is it's, it's great watching you just, you have a style. Yeah. With your uh, yeah. You have a, you have a definite style. You just tackle a project. And you you show you show every part of it, which I really really like. And you may not show the entire process of an entire part, but like the the last one was a good example when you did the wallet. Yeah. And you showed the edges, and you're like, yeah, these didn't come out even, but that's fine. I can fix this with a blade, and you just cut it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like everyone would have been, you know, your first if that's your first project, you go and you're like, oh man, this is all crap. It's uneven and. You know, yeah, of course you can cut it, but sometimes you just need to be told, like, "Hey, you know, you can fix this with a with a blade." And we're problem everything, solvers. Everything right. will be. We're problem solvers. Right.
1: Um, well, by the way, too, I'm. I, I, that's one of those designs that I saw, and I I was like, oh, man, I wish I had come up with that because I really like <laughs> love the angles with the canvas. Uh, yeah. yeah the if you canvas, haven't seen the video of the, of the canvas and leather wallet, oh, that's the design of that. Just is. Uh oh, spot on, man. The canvas is
0: the canvas is great. Oh, as so, an accent. Good. It, so good, so it, good. It's an it's a nice because you don't you don't want to bomb people just leather, 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 leather. Like it's right. a nice it's a nice accent to just kind of break up the sea of leather. It's but it's leather. subtle. It's subtle enough that uh-huh. it's it's an accent versus yeah. No. thanks so guys. Is, is do you, get, do you get a lot of commission work, or is it just like your friends just come to you and go, hey, you know, I could use this, and you do leather, is, or is it something that you're starting to push, or?
2: It, it's been, I mean, it's a relatively new endeavor, right? So, I mean, I guess I, I've only really started doing commissions since the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's not true. I I, def, I did a handful before then, um, but I, I quit my engineering office job in the fall, and kind of since then, I'm like, okay, this is a this is something that I can make some money doing and get some awesome projects, try some new stuff doing. It's kind of the perfect storm. So I have a lot of amazing friends and family that just really want to support me. And at least as far as I know, they really like the stuff that I do. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been really great. Um, And then like increasingly I have more people um, that kind of just find me through Instagram or whatever that just sort of reach out um so it's it's definitely a very new thing for me still. Um and every project feels like I'm like wow, I learned so much from that. I'm so right. ex- this is like a whole new world, you know. Um, well, I mean
1: it, you you're very similar in the sense uh, that I don't I get the sense that you you don't do a lot of repeat things right? No, not really. Yeah. I mean, almost all of your, all of your projects seem like they're one-offs and custom pieces and, um, and that's great. And, and, but I think you do a really good job of, of making each piece a very, it's not just a little twist on a design. Each one is very much its own design and own custom, customized piece.
2: Yeah. And that's what I really love doing. Like I, I love taking, a piece that really reflects someone's style and their aesthetic. I did that recently with a a notebook cover for my sister who is an incredibly difficult person to buy gifts for. She's very particular (laughs) and a lot of the leather work I would have done in the past would not really be her style, even though like she really likes it. She's super supportive. Right. Um, and she might've, she might've like maybe just bought something that I made and supported that, but she came to me asking for, um, for a notebook cover, and I was like, okay, well, let's make this so that you are excited to use it, like you really want right. to use it, um, and had a great back and forth about that. And, it, and, like, I've heard a lot of people in all trades who don't like commission work, which kind of surprises me because I really do like it in a lot of ways because it gets me out of my comfort zone and it pushes mm-hmm. me to try things that I would have done otherwise. Like, it, it's a huge skill level upper. Right. Um, especially for someone like me who's who doesn't have years of experience like it really pushes you to try something that you wouldn't have done otherwise
1: well let, let me ask you this though so so uh, last week i i did some bracelets for um bart komar um and it was the same kind of thing it was it was a commission piece um and basically he just he i mean i kind of knew his style but he left it up you know kind of design whatever up to me which is great but it's t- is it like i'm ter- I, i'm terrified when that happens like i hate like i mean i i love it and i hate it because it, you know it's it's i get to do whatever i want but it's also really terrifying to like for me at least t- to not have some kind of guardrails i don't know do you feel that at all
0: or is Dude, it just can i just say something yeah. that is the best word ever for that. guardrails guardrails yeah <laughs> holy crap my head just exploded when you said that that's a that's a perfect term for that thank you for that i'm sorry go ahead Morley. That, <laughs> that was, was a fantastic perfect, i totally agree perfect term for that i love it guardrails
2: wow yeah that, so that, I, wow <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i guess i would say if the guardrails aren't there i try to build some you know i try yeah. to have a conversation and try to figure out what this person likes because again i'm super lucky that i have friends and family that really just want to support me but I want to make them something that they want to use. And sometimes you do have to push someone to be like, okay, but like, what is it you like? And you know, that's the great thing about Pinterest, right? You can just start sending some links Mm. back and forth and be like, what do you like about this? Do you not like this? Or, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Facebook messenger. It's essentially living in Canada and having a lot of family in the States and friends in the States. It's, um, I basically am on there all the time, just texting people links back and forth and, um, yeah, see, that's like a good idea, though.
1: I mean, the using Pinterest as kind of, again, this set, well, now we'll we'll coin it, but set those guardrails or at least some kind of, I don't know, it's just, you don't want to be so far out in left field. Like, that's, I guess that's my fear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I think there's a balance to be struck because if people really do want you to go wild with your own creativity, like, they'll tell you. And I, I, I'm i working on something right now where, where the person's like, yeah, I kind of just want to like, like, I, I, I want this to... Within these certain constraints, but like I want to see what you do with it. Um and something that's been kind of cool is 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 realizing how to be kind of pushing someone, or not pushing, but trying to pull the wants out of someone without being too overbearing. Huh. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: What's what I what's good about the work that you do is that you when you're working Leather is leather is one of those mediums where it's like oh do I want a notebook cover do I want a wallet do I want a belt do I want you know do I want this that you can do a lot of stuff with leather right and it's I, I totally feel what you're saying about being overbearing um, I got an order over the weekend for some cutting boards and I really had to be like well what do you do you want this do you want you know I mean look if you tell me make me cutting boards I can make cutting boards I know I can do that right but. What's what's interesting is that you want someone to just kind of go. Here's kind of what I'm looking for. Go for it. Right. Yeah. That's but like that's the best, right? Yeah. yeah. But sometimes you read a guy and it's like, if I just go for it, I'm going to give them what I want and not necessarily what they want, and that right. might end up being a problem. And that's I'm always having trouble. It's interesting that we're having this conversation because this is one of those balances that I'm always trying to find with the stuff I make for clients. I just had USPS just demolished a cutting board that I sent to a customer. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite boards that I've ever made. And I was so annoyed. And I went back and I was like, well, I'm not going to try to remake that one because I'm just going to try to like catch lightning in a bottle for a second time. <laughs> and she kind of gave me some rough guidance as to what she would like to replace it. She really wanted the one that got broken, obviously. But I was like, well, what if I did this? And then I, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. And I sent her the picture. She's like, oh, my God, it's even better than the first one. Right. And I was like, yeah, it, it, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> but I, I was working trying to make it derivative of the first one, but not completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And you're... It's it's hard. It's hard trying to hit what a customer wants. This is this is all the stuff that when people say they don't like commission work by the way, this is the kind of stuff they don't like. Right. Like they don't like this back and forth and the drawing the requirements out and having to kind of just have someone, and this is this happens all the time, right? Somebody will say, hey, I'm just looking for, I, dis- I did a bracelet for somebody um, a couple of weeks ago, and she's like, yeah, I just I really like that one that you did. Can you make me one like it? I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make it, I'll show you a picture of it before I string it, and you tell me if you like it. I worked on that bracelet for a freaking hour, back and forth with pictures. Like, can you change this? Can you put spacer beads in it? And I'm like, yeah, I c- totally could do all that for you. It's just, but if you tell me to just go for it and then you come back later after right. I went for it and say, well, I really want this. this, is, Well, why didn't you just tell me that up front? Well, that was, a,
1: that, was, that was what I was about to ask is like, have you guys ever had that uh, that person or whatever where you can just kind of tell from, you know, the four or five back and forths that it's someone that you don't want to work with? And then, and how do you handle that? Cause that definitely happened with me and, and I've just, honestly, I've just said, you know, I don't think my skill level is up for what you're expecting. And, but here are some people that you might want to reach out to and, you know, yeah, that's get passing on business. But at the same time, I, I knew that I wasn't going to, it was, even if I did make them happy, it was not going to be worth the headache.
2: I, yeah. I had that happen to the, maybe for the first time to me recently. Ooh. Um, And I'm a very intuitive person, so I could already tell reading the email that I was like, "This is already making me tired and (laughs) annoying." (laughs) And it's hard to say no to stuff, especially if you are looking for opportunities. Um, But the second I sent that email, I was like, "Okay, that was the right decision." Yeah, exactly what you said. I I recommended them something who I knew could do what they were looking for, which was uh, purse work, much Mm -hmm. better than I could. And I was like here you go. And they were very gracious, you know, like, yeah, I mean, most of the time, I think not nip in the butt as early as possible. Uh, of course, then you have to see it as early as possible, which is a whole challenge in and of itself.
1: Yeah, um, no, I think that is it, though, it, the earlier you can kind of identify it and 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 squash it, the better. Because, yeah, I mean, there, it's only happened a couple of times, but there's been a couple of times where it's gotten a little bit further down the line. And it's almost like it's then then they're pushing you to they're like well i think you can do it you know almost like that i mean they don't say it like that but it's like <laughs> well no i it. you know and you're like but i i can tell that you're not gonna you know so yeah the earlier the better but it is hard I've, sometimes
0: i've had a couple of instances not not so much where it was someone that i wouldn't want to work with but where it's like okay you do whatever you want okay cool do whatever i want come back and go well here's what i did can you it's like <laughs> okay I really should have just pushed you a little harder for whatever I want at the beginning. Right. And that and and realistically if and that's something I've learned is that if somebody says I have carte blanche, I immediately say, "Oh hell no." Like because <laughs> that's just a that's a that's a non-starter for me anymore because If somebody's telling me I have carte blanche, I can almost guarantee you that what I'm going to give them is not going to be what they want. Not because I'm not good at what I do, but because I'm going to interpret things the way I like them. And I know that my style is not necessarily for everybody, but I'm also flexible enough to be able to go, okay, well, what are you looking for? Right. and work within those parameters. But if you give me no guidance, I can almost guarantee you I'd rather push you a little bit at the beginning so that I don't have to do 20 revisions toward the end. Yeah. And I, I had to learn it the hard way. I, I absolutely had to learn it the hard way. We talked many times about those two cutting boards that my friend gave me carte blanche to make, and they ended up taking me six months. Yeah. Because it was just like I, I wasn't happy. I, wa- I was never happy with any of them, and I was like, Finally, I just said, screw it. I'm just putting it all out there. I'm just going to do them both over the way I want to do them. And he loved both of them, paid me on the spot, was super happy for both of them. But he was another one. It's like, yeah, carpalance, I just want two nice cutting boards. Do nice cutting boards for me. Okay, well, that's a wide range of boards, you know? (laughs) And I think that that's something that comes with experience, and I think that's, you know, when you said earlier that somebody doesn't people don't like doing commission work i don't think it's the doing the commission work i think people love doing commission work people don't like
2: bad customers <laughs> well,
0: yeah right. or even it's you know what's <laughs> funny you're right you're 100 right right nobody wants to deal with it. i don't even know that it's a bad customer or bad uh, customers that don't understand themselves <laughs> yeah it's a customer that goes i can have anything i want and i don't know what i want <clears throat> <laughs> right, but I know I don't want that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and and that's the other thing. Yeah. They can always tell you what they don't want. Yeah, it's like if you, if, particularly when you're making like bracelets for people, it's like, what colors would you like? Well, I like this and this and this and this. It's like, okay, I can accent it with no, not that. Right. Okay. You know, you get that visceral gut reaction of no. But it's I I do think commission work. I I I don't think I could do this as any kind of business without accepting commissions. I mean, I know there are people that do it, and, but those are people that have basically swung in the direction of doing nothing but content creation. Right. And for me, content creation won't pay the bills. Well, I think for me too, I mean, going back to what, I, what I've what i said many
1: times is commission work is a necessary evil so that I don't have to do the same thing all the time because that is, that's, I, I hate that, right? So, you know, I could just put out, here's what I sell, and I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make these and make them over and over again, and I'm going to refine the process, but I don't enjoy that, right? So, so, so I almost kind of need commission work to keep it interesting for myself, and so it's, it's a kind of a, you know, a battle for me sometimes, but.
0: Have you ever, Morley, have you ever considered, like, like, batching stuff out and just putting it on an online store and just offering maybe customization after it's made or is that like so for the reason I ask is like so if you do something like wallets, right? Realistically mm. you could you could have a bunch of wallets in inventory and then do final customizations right before the sale and you sell them. Is that something you'd be interested in or are you more into the artistic angle of I wanna do I really do want something to be just from scratch what a customer wants from the beginning when you do a commission?
2: You know, that's a, it's a difficult question because I still feel like I'm very early on in this process. Um, like commission work has been a really great thing in the last six months, but I don't feel, I don't feel ready to like double down on finding out all the business peculiar uh, particularities of it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I still feel like I'm exploring so many different things. Right. Um, commission, the, the great thing about doing one-off commission work is that you can do them one off, you know, <laughs> like, right. you, can, you can do a single design and, and do it like that. I, I did do it to a certain extent uh, for Christmas where I got a little spot in a local cafe and was doing some custom patches and keychains, and had no idea who was buying them, was just posting them in the store, go back, every, check back every week. So many sold kind of do some learning based on that and go back, which was a very interesting experience. I don't think it's something I'd want to triple down on in the next two months. Um, to directly answer your question though, I mean, I think the artistic version of commission work is what I really like right now. Yeah. And and I'm also, there's there's <laughs> one of the problems I had is there's so many things that I want to do. Um, and I'm also exploring maybe like working more in prop and set building here in Toronto. Um, it's a little overwhelming <laughs> to think of all <laughs> those things <laughs> at a certain extent, but. Um,
0: no, I get it. No, I totally get it. Yeah. I, it's 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 interesting because that that's the other thing with commission work right so a lot there's there's a couple of ways you could do it obviously there's I can do I build what you want on demand as you want it to your spec there's I have certain things I can customize for you there's I have these things and customization is literally I'll take it and I'll engrave your name on it and I'll send it to you you know and I think I think it's interesting because when everybody has a different view of what commission work actually is Mm -hmm. you know for some people for some people commission work is i don't have a single damn thing in my house you tell me what you want i will buy all the materials and i will make it and that's pretty much where it's going to go and i've always found it interesting watching how different people approach what they see as the custom side of making because Mm -hmm. inventory i always joke that my my website my shop is really just a portfolio Mm -hmm. it just happens to be for sale Right, but it's stuff that I can go. Hey, this stuff is out there, and this is an this is an idea of what I can do. And what I've started to find, the more I make for people, the less I'm selling in the store, and the more it's like, Hey, can you? um, I want those, but can you do that a little differently for me? You know. And sometimes I will admit that sometimes it's like, Yeah, I don't get to be terribly creative, but at the same time, the more creative projects I want to do are funded. By the keep the lights on projects, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I, a lot of the the boards that I've been selling recently are made with scrap materials from other clients, which is why I don't go crazy on material costs when I bill out a job. It's like, yeah, I can charge you this for it, even though I know that the materials are probably going to cost more because I know I'm going to save all those scraps and those are going to go into another project and eventually all those scraps are just going to be a hundred percent profit. So right, it it is really interesting. You start becoming. <laughs> Almost a, your own in your mind, you start running your maker exploits like a business, whether you realize you're doing it or not. Like it just starts mm. to use, the business instinct starts kicking in. So,
2: yeah, and I think I was a little nervous before this year, like, to actually to take the step of running it like a business. Mm-hmm. But it, you're right, it does come incredibly naturally once you start having <laughs> yeah. to. You yeah, know? you're like, when I you need st- to do. There's no other way.
0: Yeah, when you start, when you start going. I noticed it. I'm going to tell you when I started noticing it. When I started going to Michael's every weekend for supplies, I'm like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> I can't keep doing this. Like, this is going to – I'm going to go broke. But eventually, I started being smarter about it. I would just predictively buy stuff. And I haven't had to – I mean, obviously can't right now. But I haven't had to go to Michael's for a large batch of things in months. Because, I, yeah, I maybe overbought then but i was thinking at the times like it's cheap now buy it now you'll have it for later right these are things i will use i will point. use yeah. this yeah. yeah and that's that's the hardest part of turning making into a business right is being able to accurately understand what your needs for supplies are going to be you know 6 months down the road like you don't even know what you're going to i there were times where i didn't know what i was going to make tomorrow but i knew that if michael's had stranded beads on sale for 40% off and right. it was there was no it's purchase limit I knew I could stock up on them, even if I didn't have a use for them then. And now it's enabled me to go. Yeah, I, I have that. I made a project for. I made a project for someone a couple of days ago. I made a bracelet for her, and I was like, Yeah, no problem. I have all those stones. Like yeah. I literally, I looked down a list yeah. of stones. I was like, I have all of those stones. Like every single one of them, I have, and I don't have to go buy a single thing. Well, it's it's
1: funny that you say that because even so. As we've talked about many times, the exacto knives have, you know, they became kind of my thing. But early on, I was buying like, you know, like I'd on Amazon, I'd buy three X-Acto knives, you know, like they, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was add three to your cart. <laughs> kind of thing right and i'd buy three and i'd make them and whatever and and then i buy you know a, a couple of bo- you know a couple of the jewelry boxes that i use for the packaging and and to your point now now i there's a bulk item a bulk option to buy at least six sometimes there's 12 it depends and mm-hmm. so i go back and forth but i know i'm going to sell them eventually and and it's so much more cost effective to do it that way but it's it's having that confidence that you know you're going to sell them at some point.
0: And that and that that is what it is, right? It it really is a matter of me going, I'm not gonna get stuck with this. Right. It's okay if I buy it. Right. And that takes that actually takes I gotta say that's that's a sign of your, your maturation in your in turning what you're doing into some sort of business, even if it's not a proper business, but understanding that, you know, buying something is it's not just a matter of I'm gonna have this stuff forever. Right. I have to eventually write it off. It's I can turn this into a business and I know that eventually I'll flip that material and I don't need to sell all of it to break even on the first project. Well I, I think the same thing and I, I don't I think we talked about it last week. The you know,
1: I finally invested in some shipping, you know, equipment. Mm-hmm. And Good you know, boy. that's I mean it's that is an investment, you know, going in mm-hmm. and you know, I, I definitely would not have done it. You know, even four months ago, which is silly because if I had done it four months ago, I would be already have you know broken. Even if if not been in the you know pu- you know in a positive place with it. So it's it's funny, but it's it's an investment in your business and it's that confidence of knowing that I will sell enough, whether it's this month, I mean, next couple
0: months, or a year. But I'll sell enough where it actually pays for itself, right? right? And I I think that's, I think, you know, we've talked, we talked about it on the Q&A episode where we talked about basically how to get the, how to roll this as a business and how to really get it going. And one of the things I said, and I stand by this completely, one of the first things you need to do, and this is backwards to what everyone's going to tell you, it's not so much about your product, it's how are you going to get your product to your customer? Mm -hmm. And I mean, you have to think about everything from the boxes you're going to ship in, to the materials you're going to put in the box, to how you're going to print your labels and to how you're going to get them to your shipper and you have to think about all that up front and you have to have that in place so that when the time comes and you're blowing up you are not then figuring all that stuff out that stuff i treated my shipping operation for this like i am a company 15 times the size that i am but i don't ever have to think about it either right everything is automatic it runs itself And the other
1: thing, too, is like, again, the 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 all the shipping stuff that I've gotten, how much I've shipped so many things to family members this past uh, past week, I've you know, I made a bunch of masks for family members and stuff like that. And I was using it for that, too. And, you know, using pirate ship and, um, you know, it's saving a couple bucks you know, on each and each package and mm-hmm. not having to go to the post office with all the craziness going on, all those things benefited my personal life at the same time. And I would yeah. never would have thought about that. That's not business, but, but there are the benefits that, you know, f-
0: carry over. So well, that's the, that's the work life balance thing that we always talk about, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's um, let's, we're 45 minutes in, so let's take a quick break. We'll get to the sponsors and we'll come back and we'll talk a little more. Sounds good. Sounds good. And we are back. Okay, so this is the part of the show that everyone seems to enjoy the most—the <laughs> second half of the show stuff, or what we like to call the C block. We, huh. See, the, well, actually, it's technically the B block because it's the block after the break. So, yeah, not that anyone actually cares about that. <laughs> so, I guess the first thing we should talk about—we should talk about—is our uh, our video of the week. Yeah, let's do it. All right, um, we. We have, a, we have a, a couple of friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's just say a couple of friends that have a really good podcast. And I may have been a bit of a jerk accident, <laughs> And I owe them an apology. So I'm just going to say this. And well, we both do. We yeah. both do. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the full blame for it. I will take the full <laughs> blame for it. So, Martina and Trevor, I am really, really sorry for being a jerk and not getting back to you. Because I, met, I was chatting with Trevor uh was it this weekend i think it was this weekend um and i was like he was like i said we got to have you guys on and he's like well we tried to do a collab with you guys and you kind of it never went anywhere and i went oh crap they did and i just it hit me as like oh my god it did yeah well and you
1: and you mentioned this before we got started and i was like oh my gosh i <laughs> remember that
0: too and yeah so i don't know what it was but for some reason something was going on right i'm gonna i'll tell you what it was for me i know exactly what it was because i remembered it as soon as i I was like i'm gonna answer them later that was what it was it was i'm gonna answer them one of those and unfortunately i am just if i don't answer people in the moment this is why people always joke how responsive i am it's not because i'm polite it's because if I don't answer you right away, I'm never going to answer you. I'm going to forget. I don't have the capacity to remember anything beyond the 30 seconds that's in front of my face. So if you message me and I ever say I'll get back to you, you'd better follow up with me a little bit later on because I <laughs> promise you I'm going to forget. So, yeah, Trevor and Martina, I am really, really sorry. And we would love to do some kind of collab, have you guys on. Um, I... Do listen to the podcast and i like you guys and i'm really sorry for being a jerk face yeah and and i'm the same I like
1: i i rarely don't get back to people so i, I don't know what i i remember the same kind of fit thing i was like in the middle of something
0: i was like i was in give, the middle of something right. yeah and, and that's exactly so, what it was, and I was, right. I was like, I'll, I'll answer her in a bit, and I actually had a conversation after that with her, oh, yeah. which is even worse. No, I, I think like, it was, I think that was before Workbench
1: Khan. So I went to Workbench Khan, saw both of them, <laughs> like, so. I, I'm an
0: ass. I'm an ass, and I, I'm really, really sorry. And I don't know if, I don't know if they listen. I hope they do. If they do, they hear the apology. If not, well, then it's not really an apology because if you guys aren't listening, then I'm not sorry. So, <laughs> <that>. but anyway. <laughs> Trevor released a video this weekend. It was, was it this Was it this weekend? Last uh, week. It was last, week. was it last weekend, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Either it's way. All, it's one long weekend now. Yeah, It really does. <laughs> it's really hard to tell the weekends and the weekdays right? when you don't leave your house. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Trevor released a video, and admittedly, I had a little bit of a sneak peek of it before he posted it, and I was drooling over it. So I, anyone that knows me knows I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and Trevor released... Absolutely stunning video of him making an acrylic Doctor Who themed clock. It is massive. It's 24 inches. It's LED lit. Mm-hmm. It's laser cut and laser engraved. He made a base for it, and he got these amazing standoffs Wait, that right. have LED lights in them that edge lit the acrylic. I yeah, was such just a like, nice detail. Oh, super nice. Just, mind-blowing how beautiful this thing turned out. And it was, what I love about this video, one of the things I love about it is one of the things, you know, and I'm not going to give away too much, but we had a private conversation about it. It was 27 minutes long. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, wow. That might be one of his, his longest ones, I think. I, I think it's probably his the longest. longest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably his longest video. And he's like, "It's I can't believe it. It's 27 minutes. But I went through every mm-hmm. detail of the process. And in watching the video, I'm like, you know what? I'm really glad he did mm-hmm. because this is it was just a, I got to say it's one of his best videos, if not his best video. And I just loved the end project. Again, I'm a Doctor Who fan. I am definitely biased in the direction of liking it to begin with. But the amount of love and effort and detail that went into this clock. Well, and tips too. I,
1: that's the thing is he has a ton of helpful, useful tips Throughout the process. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and I, and I will say that this is the kind of guy Trevor is. This is why I, I like Trevor and Martina very much. So Trevor, I was talking to him and I was doing my invisible acrylic puzzles. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> <And> My torture <laughs> devices. And I was like, you know, we did the first one and we had to weed, which basically means we had to take the backing material off every single piece, 150 pieces, one piece at a time, two pieces on each. It took, like, two and a half, three hours for Beth and I to do one. Oh, my gosh. And after I did it, one of my friends is like, hey, are you selling those yet? Because I want to buy it. And Beth's like, you know what? This one's weeded. Just sell her this one. I was like, okay, cool. So that one went out the door. So we made another one, and I handed it to her. And she goes, oh, no, I have to weed another one. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's <laughs> what it means. So she sat there and weeded the second. So I asked Trevor, I'm like, if I... Don't put the backing material on the acrylic, and I just cut it. How much risk am I running of, like, damaging the face of the acrylic? So we talked for a little bit, and he's like, in the end, it just is like, you know what? Just try it. The truth of the matter was, it worked just fine. All I had to do was, after it came out of the laser, I had to throw it in my ultrasonic jewelry cleaner to take the residue off. Oh, okay. Do you just get, like,
2: a little melted lip sort of thing? No. So that's the thing.
0: It, it discolored a little bit, right? And I thought it melted, like mm. it scorched, but it wasn't. It was just some weird... It was like the, the evaporation of the acrylic as it melted just uh, kind of okay. blew across the acrylic and then cooled. Huh. I put, the, I put it in the ultrasonic cleaner for like three minutes, took it out, and it was perfectly clear. So whatever was on it wasn't, like, it wasn't scorched. It was just something that had rested on top of it after the burning. So now I can crank these out in about 12 minutes. <laughs> it's freaking That's great. Incredible. You so, know what be
2: truly diabolical is making those with uh, EDM, you know, like the electronic discharge machining where it's basically the kerf, the the width of a human hair. You see all those gifs of people taking out, like, a, a puzzle piece, That is invisible until you actually remove it from the solid block of metal. (laughs) Ah. Oh, (laughs) those machines are not cheap, but a puzzle made from that would be very diabolical.
0: So Trevor wanted to do, he wanted to do, I'm not going to give away what he wanted. If you think what I did is diabolical, I promise you what he wanted to do with the same idea is so much worse. It's like, I don't even know if you should do that. Like that's just mean. <laughs> and it's, now it's, I'm intrigued. Yeah. Oh, it's I. I definitely don't want to give away what he wants to do to the general populace. Obviously, secret stuff. I'll talk. To, I'll tell you guys afterwards. <laughs> but if he goes through with this, it's going to make what I did look like a treat. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> that's amazing. So yeah, Trevor, you have won video of the week, my friend, because that video was absolutely. Fantastic, you did an amazing job on it, and the project is great and if you you know I know you have it hanging already, but if you ever decide you're tired of it <laughs> i you know i'm about to renovate my office um you know <laughs> just saying just saying
1: so Vincent, did you know so did you see his post or, or I think it was a video too earlier uh, where he cut the design out for the Doctor Who thing on his laser, but he used to do that by hand I know like that to me is <laughs> Unbelievable. The the detail I can't even imagine. I this... Vincent,
2: I'm I'm looking at that post right now and I just saw your comment on it. I yeah. totally
1: agree. That <laughs> it's is insane. it's
2: insane
1: <laughs> that he did that by hand. And Well, and it's insane to me that the laser can be that intricate too. I mean, I understand it, but it, but uh, yeah So anyways, I'm yeah.
0: always amazed that as intricate as it get gets with cardstock. It doesn't burn it I, I know I don't get that that means but so what the software what smart software on a laser will do And I know if Trevor's listening to this he's gonna go no dumbass That's not how it works, but this <laughs> is how I understand it to work as the laser slows down to make a turn in direction it also lowers its power a little bit so that it's not running at full power into a curve where it's changing direction. Otherwise, what ends up happening is you burn the curve. Hmm. And you see it. You can still see it with the Glowforge. Like if you put a piece of wood in it to cut and you're, you're not, it's not masked, you'll see scorching on, on direction changes because hmm. the laser has to kind of hmm. stop and then start again. So it, while it's sitting there, it's still burning. But these are – the software is intelligent enough to lower the power enough where you don't have that problem. It's – you know, you'd think it's just turn on the beam, draw the pattern, and it's done. But there's there's so much power management and everything. Oh, yeah, goes into no. It. Right, the well, that's the difference
1: f- between a Glowforge or uh, what – I'm blanking on what he has, the EPA, epilogue. epilogue um, yeah. Versus a – you know, the the ones you can get for a couple hundred bucks or a couple – yeah. Totally, totally. From and, China, and,
0: right. and, and really, you know, so like um, – the 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 Chinese the K forty lasers, which are the forty watt CO two lasers with the liquid cooling ones, the ones that basically everyone associates with lasers that aren't glowforge. Right. Um, really, those can do everything that a glowforge can do. You just have to be a lot more hands on with it and a right, lot more careful right, right. with it. You know, it. Yeah. I will never put down those lasers. I will just say that they are not for me. You know, right. there has to be a cert. I want the control. But I also don't want to have to figure stuff out. Like no. I want to be able to tweak stuff, but you know, not have to go. Oh, I just ruined a piece. Like right. I can take, I could go downstairs, and what I've been doing with my cutting boards is I've been engraving them for for people as I sell them. They like people like engraved cutting boards, I guess. And I've learned that my best bet is to just throw it on there, set the speed and power at a certain a certain direction, and just let it go. But I also know that on some lasers, you know, you may get different results every single time you do it, depending right. on how you focus it, depending on how you set it, depending on if you zeroed it correctly. You know, it's well, it's it's the same thing even with uh, like the Cricut. Like, there's
1: cheaper model things that you know. Oh First yeah. is the Cricut, but you know what? The Cricut is so freaking easy to use. Literally, it's, like it's it is the
0: easiest thing I've ever used next to the Glowforge.
1: Exactly. So like so, there's something to be said for 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 that ease because I, use, you know what? It's one of those things where I would not use it. I would use it maybe, maybe 40% of the time that I do now because I, it would be a headache. Right. But yeah. because it's so easy, I use it all the time. So
0: strangely, I've had more failures with my cricket than I've had. With my oh, I'm before. sure. No, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, like, but
0: it, but it is, it's like, there's, there's tools that are worth the price. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I'm, you know, something that this reminded me of, you know, morally thinking of, it made me think of you. That knife, that swivel knife that you use? Which I have. Oh, yeah, for and the carving. And, and I... Well, I bought it because of, because
1: of you, and I, I still have yet to break
0: it out. I don't... I'm not gonna... I'm just gonna say this, just like the dumb outsider point of view. I don't freaking understand how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand. I watched... I've watched you do it on a couple of your videos, and I'm fascinated by... I, I just... D- I, I don't understand i don't understand um like how it works how you how you maneuver it how you make it do what you want it to do i don't understand any of it like well, and how much how, many, how much practice did it take? Cause... Yeah, that knife thing. And uh, for those of you that don't, I, I don't know how to describe it. If you, it, it has like a U on the top that you rest your finger in, and you grab mm-hmm. it with your middle finger and your thumb, and you turn it with your middle finger and your thumb while you stabilize it with your pointer finger. Is that
2: about right? That's yeah. I, so you're basically you're applying pressure. You're cutting a very uh, either steep or shallow, however you want to think about it, notch into the leather. It's like a it's like a ninety degree cut essentially. Uh, if you took a, wow, it's hard to say this over audio. If you, took a, <laughs> if you took a right angle and turned it 45 degrees, that's maybe, maybe a little less than that. That's the steepness of the cut you're making. Gotcha. Um, I, I mean, I think at a certain point it's like, it's like using any implement, right? It becomes, it becomes natural and it be kind of becomes a comfortable thing to use, like drawing with a pencil or something else. Um, it, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, like, I was going to say, how long I, did it
0: take you it to it get comfortable? It looks so
2: difficult. I don't even under- <laughs> I just don't understand. Like I, the the first time I used it, I was just practicing cutting curves. And I think the what really becomes difficult is the the small radius curves. If you try to make something smooth at a very High resolution, like a very small scale curve. Mm-hmm. Then you start running into like the intrinsic properties of the the wet leather itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of want it wants to bend in some ways more than slice. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's a rabbit hole though. I feel like once <laughs> he, once you I get, started oh, yeah. leather cover carving, I was like, this is really cool. Well,
1: um, I, I, obviously, and I, actually, I, you know, I really want to do it. But like, do you have any like? Tips or like what would you suggest trying
2: first? Or are there tutorials like so I did I looked at one video tutorial. I'm actually I'm not a huge fan of watching video tutorials of something that I want to do myself. Um I watched one tutorial of the very classic, like flowery leather carving style, Mm -hmm. which honestly I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, neither am I. Doing a slightly different style. Um which showed the basic mechanics of it and how you integrate the stamps and everything else. But what was super helpful for me, um, was my girlfriend Eden, her dance company for a fundraiser. She was like, okay, why don't we do a sort of like rewards thing where people, anyone who donates over a certain amount, they get a handmade leather bookmark from you. So all of a sudden I had a reason to make like 15 leather bookmarks ah, okay. of people who they didn't want a specific design. I could literally do whatever I wanted on them. That was one of my earlier videos was making like these 15 bookmarks. Um, And I could go wild with it. Like I did some that were flowers. I did some waves, and it was a fantastic learning experience. Just
1: repetition, right?
2: Yeah, and just you know, you know, like it was more that the the swivel knife itself influenced what the designs were, rather than the designs influencing Hmm. the mechanics of it. Because I could only do what I was capable of doing. If Mm -hmm. that makes
0: sense, right? Yeah, got it. It's it's just it's a fascinating tool. I have one, by the way. It's oh, not really? A good, it's not a good one, but I have oh, one. Oh, mine mine's the cheapest one at Tandy you can get. Yeah, I think I got yeah. the same one. Yeah. So <laughs> I have one. It, it came in a kit of tools, um, mm-hmm. so I can only imagine the quality is probably one step above cutting it with a popsicle stick, but I am I'm looking at it like I don't even understand. Like I guess I should just Go for it. Just play well, around. With that's it. my problem too. You just gotta yeah. do it, right? Yeah, boy. Getting started is just not my
2: strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's fun. It's it's a cool tool, and and once you start playing around with it, it can be like really satisfying. Cool.
0: Yeah, I'm. I I watch. I watch you work it, and it's like it's it's impressive to just see how your hand just kind of does what it's, I know that's, you know, what that comes with experience. And I know you probably would tell me that, you know, you're not, you could probably do like 50 times better or whatever, but just watching you, watching you go and watching your hand move. And I'm like, wow, I just don't even understand. Like how do you program your brain to do that? You know, (laughs) that's really cool, man. I, I love, I love watching tools that I don't have or like don't use. I love watching people use specific tools. Right. Like I could. I love watching people use like draw knives and spoke shaves. Like it's not my. Th- I don't have a lathe, so I love watching people lathing.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I love it's cool because watching- there's some mystique to it. Like you don't, right. you don't yeah. know fully how the mechanics works, so you can just be kind of amazed by it.
0: Exactly. It's like it's
2: like magic. It was like
0: when Peter was on and we were talking about yeah. the electroforming. Yep. And it's like yep. I don't fully understand how it works yet because I don't do it. Because but it, I can definitely understand the magic of it. Yeah, it seems like magic. Well.
1: I, i think that's like one of my favorite things too more uh more like, like i've never dyed my own leather and i've never like there's so many things that we we have done the same way uh, or the same things but we also there's so many things that you do that i've never tried with leather so i'm like every time i watch i'm like god i gotta i gotta do it i gotta you, try that
0: wait <laughs> wait 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 wait. you've never mm. wait, that can't be right you've never uh uh-uh. uh you've it, never dyed your leather isn't that crazy even I've
1: dyed leather. I know.
0: I know. <laughs> it's like, whoa. That's,
1: why, that's why I always tell people that I'm not an actual leather worker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. I just play one on Instagram. Exactly right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, normally, when we do our things of the week, I would, I would try to, you know, I'd go toward the end and give our guests... I'm going to go first this week just because mine isn't completely maker-related. Okay. And I have a feeling we're not going to have a whole lot to say about it. And the next, the other two, the two that you guys brought to the table, are going to be a little more interesting for the audience. So I'm just going to get mine out of the way. If you've ever watched a YouTube video, you've seen the Raycon earbuds. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone that knows me in any capacity outside of the makerspace knows that I work for a company that makes Bluetooth speakers and headphones. That's what I do. I do product packaging design and... Um, That kind of stuff. Okay. One of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to do some competitive research. So seeing as every Tom, Dick, and (laughs) Harry was advertising these stupid earbuds, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I want to see what they are like because I want to see if people are hawking them because they're good or if people are (coughs) hawking them because they're getting paid. You know, Are they the Rage Shadow Legends of earbuds? Well, I'm just going to tell you this much. They're not garbage (laughs) they're actually really 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 good nice um i know i shouldn't be saying nice things about my competition (laughs) but i have to i have to admit i have to admit i bought these expecting absolutely nothing and i wear them all the time so these are the the raycon e55 earbuds are basically their top line um in earbuds they have a charging case similar to the airpods and the ones that i bought actually came with um A wireless charging case so when I take my phone off the wireless charging mat I could throw the case of these on just like my airpods basically but the one thing that they have over the airpods and this is I swear I'm 6 foot 1 I'm 240 pounds I have the ear holes of a hamster I can't get anything to stay in my ears which is why my primary set of headphones is a set of beats headphones because I having in-ear headphones is pointless for me. They just don't stay in my ear. I could never run when I was doing more running. I could not run with my AirPods because they just fall out of my ears. I had a set of LG around the neck ones that I had to wear when I ran because they were the only ones that would stay in my ear enough.
2: I'm right there with you. It's, it's made me not enjoy running with music. Yeah, it, It's a pain in the I just don't ass. do it anymore. It's a pain in the ass. And people,
0: you know, you don't realize how much of a pain in the ass it is until you go through 15 different pairs of earbuds trying to find a pair that will just stay all I want. I don't need it to be perfect. I just need them to stay in. And they don't. None of them do. So these, I swear to you, by the miracle of the good <laughs> Lord above, they stay in my ears. And I mean, they, they stay in to the point where I have to kind of dig them out of my ears. And it's wonderful. I've finally experienced <laughs> what normal earhole people have experienced for years. Normal so. earhole people. <laughs> <laughs> These are really, but seriously, they're really, really good. We don't have, I don't have a code to give you. They're not sponsoring us. They were surprisingly good. I will say the only downfall to them, and this is something that, you know, Bruce asked me about him when I told him I got a pair and he was 100% right. He predicted it would happen and it did. Watching YouTube videos on them is not possible because there's about a half a millisecond delay. Uh, and it's just enough to perceive it. Right, just enough to drive you crazy. It's enough where it's, <laughs> enough where it's like you're watching a kung fu movie on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. And it's like, okay, that's... So I don't use them for video, but I do use them when I'm out and about, walking around. Um, I've been taking laps around my neighborhood just to keep active, and I throw those in, and they just stay in my ear the whole time, and they're comfortable. I've had... The first day I had them, I wore them for like seven or eight hours straight oh that's awesome they're really good they're they're way better than they have any right to be for the price they're like a this pair this is not the ones that you generally see on the youtube videos these are the highest end model but in earbuds that they have they're 120 dollars. i would highly if you're trying to find a pair of earbuds that are just good for when you're active that are pretty comfortable and that have a really surprisingly good battery life I think these will fit the bill for you. They're, they're well worth the money. So Perfect. that's my thing of the week. And the only reason I did it early is because you guys brought much more relevant things of the week. Yeah. So I don't um, know about that. Oh, no. These are both much more – trust me. These are much – your things of the week are
2: much more relevant than mine. So um, who wants to go first? <laughs> I can go. I'm kind of amped about mine.
0: Go. Cool. Go for it. Go for it.
2: So as I'm sure many – people are doing um ever since this whole pandemic has started i've been doing a book group with a big group of friends um and the book we're reading right now um i've gotten back into audiobooks a little bit which i'm i'm kind of classically hot and cold with but right now i'm on a big audiobook kick and i'm listening to a book called molly's game uh, by molly bloom they made a movie about it and like i really have to stop myself from reading ahead of this book nothing to do with the maker community nothing to do with making anything but super riveting read it's it's the true story of a um kind of high achieving um girl from the midwest who moves to la and essentially starts running a very high profile poker ring uh with some vip people and it's very enjoyable listen i will say so that i'm really enjoying that the second one is another audiobook It's not new by any means, but I'm a big fan of when you hear something three, four times and it keeps sticking in your head, you're like, okay, I should start looking into that. Um, And something that I've heard recommended a lot but I've never acted upon is Ready Player One. Um, Oh, yeah! Actually, it was was last week on the Fools Fools with Tools podcast. Brett was talking about listening to Ready Player One in the background. And I'm like, ah, you know, like I've heard... I've heard Bob on I Like to Make Stuff talk about that. I've heard Destin and Matt on No Dumb Questions talk about that. Like, this is the perfect time to start a new book. And I started it today. I've literally listened to five hours. Wow. Well, and it is so good.
1: So what? what uh, what's the premise? What's the, what is it about?
2: So it is a dystopian science fiction book. Um, all right. Let me let me get in my in my synopsis mindset. Essentially, main character lives in this world where um, they've exhausted the world's resources. World's pretty bad, and everyone is sort of plugged into this virtual reality simulation called the Oasis. And the book opens with the guy who invented it has just died, and he announces to the world that he has no living heirs, and is his entire fortune, his entire estate will go to the person who can find the Easter egg in this gigantic virtual reality simulation. Um, so the book take place, I think, in like 2045. Um, and the inventor of this virtual reality simulation grew up in the 80s, very influenced by 80s culture. So all the Easter eggs and everything are basically centered around his love of like 80s video games, comics, movies, music, whatever else. So it's the whole world basically latches on to... Um, his entire life to get a clue and win this like $220 billion. Um, it's fantastic. That's, I mean, Vincent, have you, have you read or watched the movie?
0: I haven't. And it's one of those that have always been on the list. And yeah. it's definitely one that I probably not going to bother with the movie, but I think I am going to burn an audible credit to, right. uh, to check out the audiobook. book.
2: Yeah. I, I had, I had thought I had remembered people saying the book is, a good bit better than the movie. Um the the audiobook is read by Will Wheaton, who's a very good <laughs> Oh that's <laughs> amazing. Very great reader. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just, you know what? Here's why Not I love it. Leslie Crusher go no. <laughs> 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 It's fantastic world building. One of the reason, one of the things I always loved in Harry Potter is when they're just hanging out in Hogwarts, and you kind of just get a sense of what the world is. What and their everyday what li- like
0: their everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, yeah, she did a great job in those books of just their day to day life was interwoven with this crazy story that was yeah, going on. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree.
2: Right. Yeah, and and they really don't spare the world building in this. You really get a sense of like where everyone's living. You can tell the author's really done their research about eighties culture. I, I mean, I'm sure he grew up with it. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend
1: it's so funny that the 80s culture has come back with uh stranger things like it's like such a funny thing that has come back so
0: so well i mean you know my one of my passions is 80s video games oh yeah totally no i get it so it's it's like yeah it's yeah it's, it's you know the only thing, uh, my wife is listening to this right now, and she knows the only thing I hate about the 80s in general is the music. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of 80s music. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some that I love, but I'm not a big fan of 80s music. But yeah, I, there are a lot of things about the 80s that I freaking loved. Yeah. 80s television to me. Dukes of Hazzard and Knight Rider. Oh, my God. Oh, Knight Rider. Oh, my gosh. I, I was going to make a recommendation on a book for you, Morley. If you liked um, Ready Player One, just... It's not totally in the same – if you're a sci-fi person, which you clearly are. Um, have I'm a you, big Dune fan. Have you checked out Ender's Game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> a huge – Oh, my God. Oh, my god! You
2: know, I still haven't seen the movie. The movie
0: is fantastic. And I, that's going to probably get 50% of our audience is now punched out of the show and will never listen again. Another 50% are now getting all their friends to subscribe. But I seriously, I loved the movie. I thought the movie was unbelievable. It was so good. I, I, read, the mo- I read the movie and saw the book. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. I read the movie and saw the book, and I liked both very much for different reasons. But the, the, the book is just stellar it is fantastic one of it's definitely it's obvious why it's a classic sci-fi work
2: and you know it's it it's one of those books that was i loved as a kid and loved just enough that i'm a little hesitant to see the movie because i don't want it to be ruined but i've I've heard that it's really good it's amazing it's It's just not not even just good
0: it's amazing it's it's if you love the book you're gonna love the movie i don't know how i mean i'm sure there are reasons but i don't think you could like the book and not like the movie don't i don't think they did a bad job of turning an epic book into a very good movie it it does feel condensed Mm -hmm. um and it feels like they gave some of the book short shrift but that's just because they made a movie i mean you're not making a (laughs) mini series you know you only have so much time but it's it's really good i i did i i'm not a sci-fi person really which is weird but i did like a whole bunch of weird books back to back um, I did um, um, the the book that Blade Runner was based on. Do elect, uh, electric sheet? Oh, I, I don't even remember the name of the book. I just remember Android stream of electric sheet. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I read that and Ender's Game, and I forgot the other one. But I read like three or four sci-fi classic sci-fi books like back to back to back to back. And finally, I just like, all right, I'm not a sci-fi guy. I'm going down this rabbit hole. I could go down for the rest of my life, or I could just <laughs> say, I'm good. I got the classics. <laughs> But yeah, Ready Player One was one of the last ones I was going to. I just never got around to it. And I think I'm going to probably have to check it out now. So
2: the last thing I'll say about the book is that it is really self-aware. Like it's very nerdy and Mm -hmm. it, it really like is a sort of homage to a lot of 80s culture. But it is very self-aware and, like, like yeah, like, like you said, a lot of the 80s music was horrible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: 80s. You know what was worse than 80s music? 80s clothes. <laughs> and you know what was worse than 80s clothes? 80s hair. <laughs> 80s hair. I feel like I'm going to have 80s hair if I don't. Oh, my God. You ain't the only one, my friend. <laughs> I, I already got rid of one quarantine beard, and I'm working on quarantine beard number two. <laughs> um. Morley, did you have a third pick? No,
2: that was it. Those are my okay. two picks. Okay, so you changed your mind
0: on the third one. That's cool.
2: Oh, actually, you know, I'll, I'll throw in a third one because okay. I've been really enjoying it.
1: Well, I um, watched it because of your pick, so.
2: Oh, okay, it. yeah, yeah, I'll do that one. Oh, my
0: um, God, you got another one? <laughs> oh, I love it. No, no, Morley, Morley brings no, a lot I, to the table. Right. I like Morley. Morley brings a lot I know. to the table. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: okay. you know, this right. is Morley Palooza. Do, do, do
1: your third one and then, then do your fourth one yeah yeah go for it
2: okay um the third one which i think you guys are not talking about um another listen um i listen to a lot of podcasts and i've been really enjoying the bill burt podcast which is bill burr and burt kreischer huh. it's a comedy podcast with the two bill and them burr is and one is, of the
0: funniest yeah on this planet
1: amazing yeah
2: yes and him and burt kreischer together are so funny they're very different but similar senses of humor in some ways and it's I think there are only 10 episodes in it's a relatively new podcast and it's great. That's all I'll say. I would. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. It.
1: I, I got to check that out. Cause I love, yeah. All right. Very
2: and cool. then the one I think you guys are referring to. And now um, the one that you actually told us about earlier. <laughs> yes. Not, not my <laughs> sneaky pick. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, Mike, Mike Montgomery at modern builds, his first episode of his school bus to townhouse yeah. conversion. Um, I'm, i really like the modern maker podcast and following what those guys are doing and i just heard him over the last year get so excited about this it it was really cool to see the payoff in that uh in that first episode and you can i mean you can really feel his excitement of how much he's amped that stuff is moving on this bus because i know it was a bit of a process for him
0: um well yeah he he ended up buying the bus then he had to go back to oklahoma for a little while and then he had to go he went back out to california so i know that delayed things i know he drove that bus cross country which was pretty crazy to begin with so that's well, a great it, instagram yeah. story so yeah. I, I, and i talked to him
1: actually i think it was the, not this year the year before at WorkbenchCon, and i was asking about him i was like are, are you still doing the bus because he had kind of stopped doing it and he's like yeah you know it's just one of these things and so uh, to morley's point like I, I, it was one of those projects that he kind of kept putting off. It sounds like, and uh, I think it was this past week's episode on the Modern Maker Podcast where he was just like, "It was one of those things where I just couldn't get started, but the second I got started, it was just like it, it, it flew, it, you know, flew by. It was awesome, and yeah, you." I agree. You can tell that he's just super excited about it, and uh, it's. I love that kind of project. I, I just love when someone you can genuinely see that they're super excited about something. So yeah, and I like what he's doing so far. You know, we'll see the rest of it, but it. You know, it's pretty simple. It's not not over the top. It's kind of clean, modern, just very simple, and uh, yeah, it was a great it was a great first episode, and it, and it flew by too. It was longer. It was twenty something minutes, and uh, but it did not feel feel that way at all so cool yeah i agree very with good. that that's a good pick
0: very good yeah see well i mean mike montgomery's always a good pick yeah no matter what he, no matter what he's doing it's something worth watching definitely um ethan you want to yeah i'll do a quick one and my, mine's a quick one uh it's
1: just uh uh so my pick this week is Cinebrooks um and they're pricking iron so i finally vincent <laughs> i don't know how long i've been talking about since, upgrading
0: since i met you yeah <laughs> that's how
1: long it's been yeah so, so i've yeah. been using uh, pricking irons or stitching chisels whatever you want to call them um but for poking the holes in leather for you know for your stitching i've been using a set off of amazon f- for a year plus now um and it was probably like a twelve dollar set and so you know and and they've done they've served me well Uh, but I should have upgraded a long time ago. So (laughs) I took the step and I, I took that exacto money that I made (laughs) and (laughs) invested in some Cinebrooks uh, stitching, stitching chisels. Um, and oh my gosh, they're so nice They're, They're So I got three sets. I got, um, an eight piece, uh, a two and a one. And you know and actually morley you 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 asked me this weekend i was showing it on um on the chat what makes them you know what what makes them better and you know they're not necessary i mean they're they, they aren't but what makes them better is the, the the distance between each of the uh each of the pricking irons is spot on i mean it's perfect perfect measurement and they you can Take them out of the leather, so you punch it into the leather, you take them out, and it's like butter they just they just come right out there's none of that like ripping out of the uh, of the leather and yeah, so they're just super nice, so I finally got them I'm super stoked for them and here's what I would equate them to it's it's like the fest tool of of tools of leather working tools it's It's not necessary at all. you can get by with much you know much less but it is really nice to have them and use them. <laughs> so, so I'm super stoked to have them. I've only used them on a couple of things so far, uh, but
0: I really, really enjoy them. So, they they look well. They look so damn premium in the, yeah. in the Instagram photo. You said so before the before we when we before we came on. Um, Ethan sent me he goes here. This is my pick of the week, and I'm looking at the picture. I'm like. Holy crap! It's like they look pretty. Yeah, I was like, I want to buy them
1: just because they look good. Yeah, no, they're really nice. And I, I, you know, I shopped around. I got a lot of. Um, I asked a lot of people who I really valued their opinions, and and these were what they said I should go with. And so, uh, yeah, it took me way too long, um, but I'm happy I did it. Can, so. can I
0: ask a stupid kind of mm-hmm.
1: really stupid?
0: How much does something like those cost? Like. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, I don't. I'm not trying. I'm just no, curious. No, no, cause no, they fine. look super expensive. So. Yeah. So each one, it,
1: they actually are custom made to, to order. So okay. uh So you can pick the distance between uh, between the each teeth, uh, tooth teeth. I don't know. Um, and how many they have, and all of that. So I got the eight, the two, and the one. And so I think all in, I probably spent uh, probably about probably about 250 bucks. That's
0: it. It's about expected. Yeah, unexpected. It, yeah, yeah that, it's not I mean it, quite it's reasonable. expensive,
1: but not it's really. not
0: unreasonable. I mean work. a quality a quality tool, especially a hand right. tool, right? A quality custom-made hand tool is going to cost a few bucks and yeah. It, yeah, wow. And again, they're not it's not
1: you know, it's not necessary, but it makes
0: <sighs> life a lot you know, one of th- one of the things one of the things that we talked about on last week's chat on last week's um, Morley vision chat is um, <laughs> we talked about how tools and people have a weird perception of tools and what the value proposition for a tool is. And it's not that it's going to It's most of the time, right? And this is 90% of the time with tools. It's not going to enable you to do something you can't do without the tool. Right. What it does do is it makes the process more efficient. Right. And so, more enjoyable too. Yeah. So if, and, you know, if, if this tool is going to make the process more efficient or if it's going to make it something where you don't dread doing it, then, of course, it's worth 250 That's probably worth more than that. Yeah. You know, it's just – and I can see – I mean, I'm just looking at these now and I'm I'm staring at them because they're just so beautifully made and it's clear that they're put together with care. And I love, like, the teeth don't look like your typical, like, straightforward drop-forged pricking iron teeth. Like, they have a weird shape to them that I've never actually seen before. Yeah. Uh, these are i mean they're just beautiful sometimes you look at tools and it's like the the rest ice pick like you look at it and you just see the beauty of the tool right this is one of those things where you're just looking at the beauty of the tool so absolutely uh, that's great i'm 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 impressed and you know i'm not that i'm buying them but wow i can definitely see why you would like yeah pretty stuff
1: yeah they're awesome i'm i'm super stoked to to Ethan's make a lot of projects out, with
0: them. Ethan is out of the cheap tool market. So oh, I know only with these things though. Cause most of my other tools are super cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was, it's so funny. Cause when you said you got them and I'm like, Oh wow. That's like, this is like Ethan's, you know, I've known you almost a year and it's, in about a year since you've been saying you didn't yeah, want the exactly, ones you had exactly. so i don't even know what to do now you got what you wanted it's like that's i know i do.
1: don't know where to go from here but that's it there's no, there's,
0: <laughs> there's nowhere this to go but p- down yeah exactly uh, treat yourself right <laughs> <laughs> treat yourself you know that's what august august 12th is the day it's like august 14th is treat yourself day oh really there's official treat yourself yeah you didn't know this no nah. Hold on, I have it in my calendar. It's August. I know it's August. Give me one second. Maybe we'll do something special for that day. We'll treat ourselves to a day <laughs> off. Uh, treat Yourself Day is... Oh, of course. I hit the wrong calendar button. There we go. August uh, August 12th. Treat, treat Yourself, yourself. Day. It's in my calendar. <laughs> I put it in my calendar, and I forget it every year. But yeah, that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Morley, where can people find more about you?
2: You can find me um, on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, um, at Blog, so Yelromblog. Strong Y E L R O M B L O G. My first name, you know, because my first name isn't unique enough. I just had to turn it around and make it even more. Yeah,
0: difficult did you guys to know that Yelrom is morally backwards? <laughs> what, Ethan? <laughs> did you know that, I, Ethan? I did, but you know what's funny is that like
1: Yelrom is like an actual word now for me. Like it, it rolls off the tongue for me now. It's like Yelrom. Oh,
2: really? Yeah, that's the, that's actually really cool to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can find me Instagram, YouTube, uh Although the social medias kind of take up everything. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks, thanks man. It was great having it's a chat my pleasure. with you. Yeah. Um,
0: thanks for having me. And it. thanks really for hosting this.
1: the Saturday chats. It's been awesome.
0: Yeah. If yeah. you guys want to find out more about those Morley posts, um, usually a day or two beforehand, he posts in his um, Instagram story on his Instagram, um, the details. And if you want to get in touch with him, he, you can get in touch with him through Instagram or, I'm guessing that's how people get in touch with you, right? Through Instagram or they can comment or whatever. They can get in touch with you. Just shoot shoot them an email. He'll give you the login information. Because unfortunately, in current year, we need to have passwords on Zoom chats (laughs) because otherwise people act like jerks. Um, And we don't want no jerk faces in the group other than the ones that are scheduled to be there, like (laughs) us. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for doing the weekly chats. Thank you so much for keeping putting out stuff that... All right, granted you and I aren't necessarily in the same space, but just watching your enthusiasm for what you do, I find it really inspirational and yeah, I enjoy inspiring your videos. I day. enjoy your videos very very much and I love what you do and I love I love that you're a nice guy. I mean, you're Canadian, so it's automatically assumed that you're a nice guy. <laughs> I'm only living here. <laughs> fair, fair, but you know, you you know you are a Canadian. You you do you don't say yes. sorry enough. You don't say sorry enough to be an actual Canadian, so <laughs> Um, but yes, thank thanks for everything you do for the community, and thanks for you know, putting out good content every week and keeping us all inspired. You do you do a damn good job, and I'm Definitely. really looking forward to seeing, you know, Morley five years from now where you end up. Ah, you know. it's gonna blow up. Yep, thanks, Morley's man. that really is gonna blow up. up. We're gonna be uh, we'll be the number one podcast. Ethan will have his Exacto knife empire, <laughs> and Morley will have Morley's leather goods in Toronto. And that's, and then what's it? we'll just all be we'll all be multimillionaires and we can
2: jo- joke about the good old days when he was on <laughs> this little podcast. Thanks, Thanks for having you guys. This has been this has been really great. And again, thank you for all the encouragement. It, it does mean a lot.
0: Aw, hmm. we love you, man. We love you. Um, that's gonna do it for this week, everybody. Yeah, that's gonna do it. It is. Wow, we went long this week. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. It was a good conversation, and Definitely. I enjoyed it. It was nice having Morley on and. We will be back again next week. I We do have a guest for next week, and I I can't believe we actually got this guy. I just asked him, and he said yes. It was like a five-minute conversation. So. You didn't even ask me if it was okay, but... <laughs> I Well, yeah, because I had a feeling. I just had a feeling <laughs> that if I just asked this guy and he said yes, it would be like, yeah, you'd be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we do have a pretty good guest coming next week also. I, I'm pretty happy that we have just had nothing. It's just been guestapalooza. So... We will have another guest next week. We will be back the regular day and time. And until then, have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay inside. You've got nothing else to do. <laughs> we'll talk to you then.